Children rock. The rockers are in charge. Hello, I'm Georges Collinet. And I'm Ned Sublet. Today, a very special hip-deep episode of Afropop Worldwide. The Ring and the Shout. A visit to the Easter Rock in Winsboro, Louisiana. We had the honor of experiencing a full real ring shout, the oldest known form of African-American music with verified continuity from slavery days. This is an exclusive. Ned went to Winsboro to record it with three, no less, stereo recordists. And a shotgun mic, too. In this amazing building which we're going to be talking about, a bona fide old-school Delta Plantation church with a wooden floor that becomes a big drum when the rockers are in charge. Wow, an extant ring shout. That's really a big deal. Yeah, the ring shout was at one time believed to have died out. Yes, but in the 1980s, the McIntosh County Shouters over in Georgia proved it hadn't. Now, this group in Louisiana is a group of worshippers, not a professional performing group. They came to folklorists' attention only in 1993. They don't call what they do a ring shout, although that's what it is. The name they give to their annual ceremony is Easter Rock. And today we're going to hear Ned's recordings from Easter Rock 2016 in Winsboro, Louisiana. And then, from Georgia, we'll hear the Macintosh County Shouters. And we'll talk to the Shouters' longtime friend, fan, and producer, Art Rosenbaum in Athens, Georgia. And we have a sneak preview for you from the Macintosh County Shouters' forthcoming new album. But right now, back to the rock. Our first guest today is Dr. Joyce Jackson, a professor at Louisiana State University who's been working with the Easter Rockers for many years and is finishing up a film she's been making called, yes, Easter Rock. More about that in a minute. But before we bring on our guests to help us explain the fascinating story of what this is, we need to get a little sound in our ears. So we're going to play you just a short excerpt of the Easter Rock right now. Just a kind of a teaser so you can hear what we're talking about. All acoustic, no amplification, the Easter Rockers of Winsboro, Louisiana. With lead singer Emma Hagen. Plenty more live music for you coming up. 
I'm Georges Collinet. And I'm Ned Sublet. And this is another Afropop Worldwide Hip Deep episode. The Ring and the Shout. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus Major support for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the National Endowment for the Arts. And now, we're going to hear from an interdisciplinary scholar with a background in cultural anthropology, two degrees in vocal performance, and a PhD in ethnomusicology and folklore, Dr. Joyce Jackson. She's the one who first alerted me a few years back to the existence of the East Iraq and who facilitated our presence there. I talked to her for Afropop Worldwide at her home in Baton Rouge. The Easter Rock is a circular ritual that is done on the eve of Easter, that Saturday night before Easter in North Louisiana. It's sort of a contemporary version of the Ring Shop, which is an African religious dance um, that was done, you know, of course, first in Africa and then in the antebellum South. Uh, I have many accounts of that ritual, the Ring Shout, but... The way it is done in North Louisiana is very different from any of the other rituals that I have read about or have seen in any other areas of the South. This region we're talking about is what's known as the Louisiana Delta, on the other side of the Mississippi River from the Mississippi Delta, an area that was fundamental to the making of 20th century American music. It's not particularly close to New Orleans. We drove from New Orleans to Natchez, Mississippi, then up Highway 61, sometimes known as the Blues Highway, and back across the Mississippi River into Louisiana again. It was found in four parishes in that area. It's uh, Franklin Parish, Catahoula, Tensaw, and Concordia Parish. And Franklin Parish is the only parish where it is still taking place. Throughout the rest of the hemisphere, in the sugar zone, syncretized Afro-Catholic musical traditions are everywhere. But this was a Protestant zone, Dr. Joyce Jackson. I've looked at spiritual Baptists in areas of Texas, the Shango Baptists and spiritual Baptists in Trinidad. So I like to add this one too. This is an Afro-Baptist ritual. Dr. Jackson explained to me that the old Baptist tradition of rocks at one time existed all around the Delta where cotton was king. And this can be traced back to antebellum slavery days, no question. The earliest person that I've interviewed was 92 years old. And this was some years back. And then she told me that her mother and her grandmother rocked. So we know that it is a pre-Civil War ritual that is still going on today. This is a folkloric treasure of incalculable value. With the breakup of the large plantation labor forces following the advent of the mechanical cotton picker beginning sometime around 1950, the plantation churches with their specialized wooden floors disappeared, even as people from the Mississippi Delta were creating a new post-Delta electric blues in Chicago. The True Light Church that we rocked in this year is a rare and, I'm sorry to say, an endangered survivor. It's renowned locally because of its hardwood floor, and its movable, unfixed pews. What a space to record in. It was nothing but a savior. Me the oh. Dr. Joyce Jackson. The floors are always hardwood floors, and basically all the churches that this 
ritual has taken place in were small rural plantation churches. This is the only one that is still existing, and the rest of the rock events have not taken place in years because these churches needed repairs, and most of these small congregations don't have the money to repair them. But the floor is very important because the floor substitutes for the drum in these rituals. Unlike in Cuba, Haiti, and the rest of the French, Spanish, and Portuguese sugar-growing territories, the Anglo-American slave owners were militant about prohibiting the drum. But the floor could double as a drum. If you knew how to play it, right? The floor takes the place of the drum these days. So it's very important for them to have this wooden floor. And that's why even though the church is in disrepair, they're still there. They've tried it at community centers a couple of times, but it just wasn't the same because you could not hear the percussive effect. You know, you can't hear that on a concrete floor. And the other problem is if they have it in other churches, you can't move the pews back, even though some of the churches may have wooden floors, but they have carpet and usually the pews are bolted down to the floors now. So that's why it is so important for them to remain in this church. And they've done their little repairs that they can do on it, but it needs major repairs. The ritual has been kept alive in recent years with the work of many people, but there's no doubt that the central figure in the Easter Rock today is Hattie Addison Burkhalter. Her husband, Deacon Burkhalter, was 101 years old when he led the Rockers into the church this year, and as I speak, he's celebrated his 102nd birthday. Ms. Addison took a couple of minutes out of her very busy day to recall for us what her mother, Ellen Addison, and her grandmother told her about old-time rocking. My grandmother taught us that it was a religious ceremony. Back then, on the plantation, they decided to get a group of women together, where it was mostly women, no men, and they decided to get this little rock together. I don't know where they gotten it from. During that time, they wouldn't just have cake. They would eat food, and they would start rocking at 10 o'clock at night and would rock until the next morning. They would drink wine, they would eat, they would take a break, they would rock again, take another break, they would eat, and just do it all night long until the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So what was rocking like when you started doing it? When I started, some of them that had been rocking for a long time, they would lay down and take them a little nap. Someone else would get up. They still rocking. Somebody is still rocking at all times. You never stop. And you get a break and then you go back to rocking again. And it would be shouting, praying, and everything. It was just continuous until that morning before daybreak. Meanwhile, like we said, the church building in Winsboro is endangered. It was here before I was even born, but it wasn't in this location. It was moved here, I think, in the early 60s. And about 65, 67, I started rocking, and it was here. It's still intact, but it might not survive another move. They used it for the service the night I was there, but it has no running water. Windows are busted. Needs a lot of work. The floor is okay, but the windows and the uh, side, the porch, and all of that is decayed. What happens if it doesn't get repaired? They have to tear it down. And that's a real possibility at this it's point? It's going to happen if we don't get any help for it. Father, I stretch my hand to thee. 
So the Easter Rockers are on a campaign to save their unique plantation church with a rockin' wooden floor. We don't solicit donations on Afropop Worldwide, but... If you want to be on the email list of the Friends of the Easter Rock, send an email to friendsofeasterrock at gmail.com. Friends of Easter Rock is all one word. Okay, we are hip deep, so let's go deep. Get your headphones on, I recommend it. The rock takes place in the context of a full church service, and what we're about to hear took place just before the rockers rocked. We're going to be in a highly charged spiritual, musical, and architectural space with praying, Bible reading, and what's called a long meter hymn. And I Oh, 
pray that this, 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 this ceremony this afternoon will be for your soul and not for the glory of those who are doing it. Because you are the one who brought It was you who went to the cross that we might have life and have it on So you are our redeemer. And we are here seeking the glory of you right now. If we have to have if we have those things that you will Lord, we pray for all those who, who have gone through the river. We pray, oh God, that you will let them know that you are a man of God and you are acquainted with free and you know all about it. And Lord, we thank you for those who don't have sick beds and afflictions. We thank you for looking over while we do another Lord, we think we come at this hour and with, with you. Recorded live at the Easter Rock in Winsboro, Louisiana. Like every ritual, the Easter Rock requires careful preparation. Dr. Joyce Jackson. The women wear white, so days before and sometimes months before, they will make dresses if they have new people that are doing the ritual. But they would definitely get their white dresses out and see if they needed hemming or any type of repairing. 
and they will, you know, get their white dresses straight for that ritual. Historically, they have baked cakes, but now they just buy them from Walmart. (laughs) But they have to have 12 cakes, so you have to prepare those cakes for the ritual. They also get red punch, which at one time was, I was told, homemade wine. You would have to bring that also to the ritual. They would get the oil for the lamps because they have to have so many lamps to put on the table. And so there's preparation. You have to clean the church, the Easter cleaning or the spring cleaning of the church. You have to reconfigure the uh, benches, the pews. So they push those back to the sides so that they will have the center of the church to move around in. So there's a lot of preparation that is done before the actual ritual. So when the ritual starts that Saturday night, all this, you know, has been done already. And the congregation uh, settles in in the church or on the pews around the sides of the church. And then you have a program. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We all know what we're here for. You have to have someone to welcome the congregation, and then you have another person to accept the welcome. You have other people to sing. It's kind of like a little program where the community can participate. Walk with me, Lord. Walk with me. Walk with me, Lord. Walk with me. I want Jesus to walk with me. And then, you know, the rock is beginning to start when someone does a long meter or Dr. Watts hymn. And this usually designates that the next thing we encounter will be the rockers. You know, they say the rockers are in charge. And that's when usually Mr. Brookhalter will sing a long meter song. And then the rock begins. The rockers are in charge. the back of the church one by one and it's always 12 initially some say that they're the 12 saints and some refer to them as the 12 disciples they come out and they make a circle around the table that is in the middle of the floor 
One rocker waves a banner, which they call the cross. But it's not a perpendicular X cross. It's a circular banner. I'm thinking that this may be from the Congo tradition. And I, I say that also because of the banner that they use. Instead of a perpendicular cross, the banner is round. And no one knows why it's round. It's just historically done that way. That's what everybody told me. Well, it's just the way we do it. And it was always round. It's strongly reminiscent of the Congo cosmogram called the Dikenga, which is a midpoint cross expressed as a circle connecting the four endpoints of the cross, with energy moving around that circle in a counterclockwise direction. It's a dramatic sight when they come into the dark church, illuminated by 12 kerosene lanterns on a table in the center as they make a procession in a counterclockwise ellipse around the source of the light. At one time, you know, the churches didn't have electricity. So you'd always put the lamps first because that would light up the church so everybody can see. And then they will put the 12 cakes on the table. The 12 cakes also can represent the 12 disciples or the 12 tribes of Israel. It depends on who you're talking to and who's giving you the information. And after that, they have the Easter eggs, which represent the stone that was rolled away from the tomb and new life. There's also the red punch at one time, which was the wine, homemade wine. Of course, represents the blood of Jesus. And so you have all of these icons on the table, which is basically their altar as they are moving around singing, oh, when the saints go marching in. And after they go around and put everything on the table, which is the altar, they begin a different type of music. Now, it's another spiritual, but it's a very up-tempo spiritual, and it's called Old David. And this is the one where they really move and the dance steps are very different. They actually don't like for you to call it dancing. They like you to call it shouting or rocking. In other words, the shout is not the vocalizing, but the movement. Patty Addison tells me that after a night of rocking, you might see the sun bounce. And they call that bounce shouting. So what exactly is the rock step that the rockers do? It's a slide step. Basically, people are really not supposed to pick their feet up. And some do, you know, particularly the younger ones, but this is kind of a slide step and a hop. And uh, this is how they make it around the table, and this is what they call rocking. Now, their rocking step is not about footwork while the rest of your body floats in the air, like in Latin dancing or tap dancing. You're putting the weight of your body into it with every boom. That's why there has to be a separate lead singer because the rockers are putting every bit of energy into moving their bodies. So rock becomes something literal and physical. Right. You're rocking your body to the right and to the left. Everyone is making this synchronized, undulating figure, which is pulling an unbelievable sound out of the floor. And that big, big drum sound is part of rocking, right? The transference of all this to the later idiom of music called rock is uncanny. Now, Ned, although this group has an unbroken performative history going back to when? Dr. Jackson dates it through interviews with elders back to at least the 1840s. Perhaps it really got going in the Delta, this is my guess. Right after lands confiscated from the Indians went on the market and large tracts of Mississippi opened up for cotton, and that was in the 1830s. 
Part of what's so shocking about the discovery of a ring shout in Louisiana is that it's 700 miles west of where you'd expect a ring shout to be. We associate the ring shout historically with the sea islands in the coastal mainland of the low country of Georgia and South Carolina, which was the most Africanized area of the 13 colonies in the early American Republic. Now, looking at the way the slave labor territory grew over time, I don't think there's any way that these Delta Baptist rocks could avoid having a historical connection to the Georgia ring shout, whatever their other influences. Tens of thousands of planters from South Carolina and Georgia moved west to take on new, more fertile lands, bringing their enslaved labor forces with them. But we don't really know what their music sounded like. There are no recordings, and everything before recording is prehistory in music. So we can't say for sure that it sounded exactly like this on the plantation. We can't. Things change. The rockers live in the modern world. They drive SUVs. They watch TV. The music's been retroactively affected to some degree by the influence of gospel whose 1920s foundational figure, Thomas Dorsey, had previously been a blues pianist known as Georgia Tom. But I gotta believe that this is as close as we're gonna get to what a plantation rock might have been like. And there's no question that the core of it has been there all this time. During the regular church service before the rockers rocked, we heard well-known gospel and contemporary songs. Dr. Jackson. There's a big difference in gospel and spirituals because many people put them both in the same hat. And spirituals are definitely an antebellum form of sacred music that was created by African-Americans during slavery. And it's an acapella music as well as one that has uh, usually call and response, has some improvisation, it's communally created. And you, when you look at gospel, it's kind of like somewhat of the opposite, although some of the spirituals have been arranged as gospel. Gospel is a post-bellum music. It is a composed music. The gospel singers just use it sort of as a foundation, maybe have the best basic melody, but nobody ever sings it the same way. Don't go away. More to come. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRX. You know you make me wanna shout, And we're back with today's hip deep episode, the ring and the shout, with Ned Sublet. Now, Ned. The group that really proved that there was a continuous ring shout tradition was the Macintosh County Shouters. With their 1984 album, Slave Shout Songs from the Coast of Georgia. What a breakthrough that album was. It was produced by a great American musical folklorist, Art Rosenbaum, whose friendship with and study of the McIntosh County Shouters informed his book, Shout and You'll Be Free. We visited Art at home in Athens, Georgia, where he's retired from teaching painting at the University of Georgia, having come there from Iowa in 1976. 
He's been recording in the folkloric powerhouse that is Georgia ever since. Although he's professionally known as a painter, Art's a banjo player and a collector as well as a radio host himself, and he's recorded lots of church singing in Georgia, including a beautiful project of recording Primitive Baptists, a conservative sect that doesn't use instruments but only sings a cappella. Here's a bit from one of those recordings. I give you my hand. Dear Brethren, recorded at the Pilgrim Rest Primitive Baptist Church in Oglethorpe, Georgia, by Art Rosenbaum. Art first encountered the McIntosh County Shouters in 1980. I wanted to play him this Easter Rock recording that I had just made and see what he had to say about it. More about that in a minute. I wish we had time to play you his entire interview. It was so good. But full transcripts will be available at our website, afropop.org. The ring shout is a tradition of African origin, and the participants will tell you that. They'll say, our ancestors brought it from Africa. The ring is a circle, uh, and it moves in a counterclockwise direction. And Lorenzo Dow Turner, the linguist, said that shout is really not an exclamation shout. It is derived from an Arabic word, salt, S-A-U-T, which is the dance around the Kaaba in Mecca. The participants say the shouters are the ones who do the movement. They say it's not exclamation, it's not shouting out. The movement is the shout. So both the Easter Rock and the McIntosh County shouters use the word shout to mean movement. And they both differentiate the movement they do from dance. Dance, you cross your feet and your feet can come up off the floor. They say that that would be inappropriate, that the shout, you have to do this kind of shuffle with one foot moving a little bit ahead of the other. In this community, they have a body of songs that they call shout songs. And they're different from the spirituals or hymns that would be sung in, in church. They're songs that are only sung as part of the ring shout. There's a leader, a songster, and then a group of responding singers who are called basers who will respond. And sometimes the people in the ring will also sing. So it's call and response. The stick is very important. There used to be a broomstick that they'd beat it on a wooden floor but there were variations on it. And there was hand clapping and foot patting. And also the people in the ring would do gestures or pantomimes that related to the content of the song. 
So they would say, shout Daniel, shout. So he'd do the normal shout movement. Then they say, go the other way. And they would actually reverse and start moving in a clockwise direction or do the eagle wing where the participants would sort of wave their arms as if they're flying. Or then they'd say, rock, Daniel, rock. They would do a kind of a hip movement, which they called the rock movement. So both the McIntosh County Shouters and the Easter Rockers speak of rocking as a way of moving. Emma Hagen sang rock, children, rock in Louisiana. They talk about rock that is that kind of movement, and they say, well, we don't do it all out of line, we do it with dignity. The McIntosh County Shouters made a decision to become a performing group as a way of continuing their tradition. Not everybody in the community liked the idea. It became a group. They called themselves the McIntosh County Shouters. They made that decision to take a tradition that they had no idea would be something that would be a performance mode for the outsiders and perform for the public. And some of the members of the community, like Reverend Nathan Palmer, who was one of the older singers, was not interested in performing for the public. I don't think he approved. But Lawrence McIver was. He said, we want to tell our story. And he says, our people came up the rough side of the mountain. From the McIntosh County Shouters, 1984 album, Blow Gabriel. County Shouters from their first album in 1984. So, Ned, tell us when their second album came out. Well, in 2016. Co-produced by the very same Art Rosenbaum, together with Smithsonian Institution director Daniel Sheehy. 32 years later? I hope it wins 10 Grammys. If you compare it with its predecessor, it tells us something about how this music continues intergenerationally. Here's the McIntosh County Shouters 1984 version of Jubilee. And the present day group singing the same song on the new album.
So here's a sneak preview from the Macintosh County Shouters second album. With the title Spirituals and Shout Songs from Coastal Georgia, part of Smithsonian Folkways African American Legacy series. Move Daniel, move. Daniel! Move until you move. Daniel! Oh Lord, where Sarah gone? Oh Lord, Sarah gone to hell. Shout Daniel, shout. County Shouters on Afropop Worldwide Hit Deep. Today, the ring and the shout. Don't go away. We're about to premiere the phenomenal Easter rock version of Oh David. They may both be ring shouts, but the rhythm of the Macintosh County Shouters is very different from that of the Easter Rock. That's right. The Shouters have a staff. They use a broomstick. Marking time on the wooden floor. It's the old Antillian beat. It connects to Barbados, to Jamaica. Meanwhile, the Easter Rockers are stomping with their feet on the floor all together. Swinging their time the way blues and jazz do, with their hopping double step and a feel that's very recognizable throughout all of rhythm and blues history. But although their rhythm is different from the Macintosh County shouters, it's still a ring shout. Art Rosenbaum had never heard the Easter rock before, but I showed him a video of it and asked him 
As far as you can see, this is a ring shot, right? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. It's a movement in a counterclockwise circle, not that I'm the decider. I know there are a lot of offshoots of the ring shot and there are different kinds of processionals done in black churches when they're in certain movement. I've even seen that in primitive Baptist black churches in middle Georgia where after the end of the service, people sort of walk around in a circle and sing and shake hands. And so there are other kind of offshoots what the community in McIntosh County has carried on is, I think, remarkable and it's it has not only the repertoire, but the performance style is, is so close to the earlier descriptions. But what you showed me seems to be definitely a variant of the ring shout. I was very excited to see that. That was amazing. There are more and more people doing this kind of music now to honor their heritage, which is great. But in terms of continuous performance of the tradition back to antebellum years, the only two groups I've seen authenticated by scholars are the McIntosh County Shouters and the Easter Rock. But there could be more out there. And now, the Easter Rock of Winsboro, Louisiana. This is another long phrase with the 101-year-old Deacon Burkhalter leading the group into the church with their full suite of a long-meter hymn followed by a prayer. And then, before the segue into the utterly astounding O David, they sing When the Saints Go Marching In, a song associated with New Orleans, of course, that can lend itself to either a Catholic or a Protestant context. Joyce Jackson. As in most Afro-based religions, these were basically all African initially, but if you're going into a Baptist church, Pentecostal, Methodist, you're going to have it somewhat camouflaged. So instead of talking about maybe 12 African deities, you talk about the 12 saints of the 12 disciples. And of course, the saints, that spiritual coincides with the saints in the Bible, if it's Catholic, or the 12 disciples, if it's Baptist. Things are just synthesized, as far as I can see, in what has been done with this ritual. Uh, looking at all these aspects of the passion, the three last days of Christ, you put it in a format that is acceptable within your church service. Because I don't know of any other Baptist churches that do this, you know. They did Saints and O David three different times that night with a little different feel each time. This is take two, which locked in a little harder than the first time they did it. From the pulpit, Pastor Katie Matthews started it all up by saying the line everybody's been waiting for. The Rockers are in charge. But first, a prayer. Give it the glory, hallelujah, and we're going to give it the honor, Lord God. 
in your son Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen.
Eastern Rock of Winsboro, Louisiana. Ned, this is amazing. Not only is it a folkloric legacy of great importance, it's like a hit single. I can't get it out of my ears. Let's go out on a little bit of the third version of O David that the Easter Rockers did that Saturday night. Rocking for a risen savior in Winsboro, Louisiana, with strong-voiced soloist Emma Hagen rocking out on top. I think we could claim this as the world radio premiere of a very old song. Thanks to Pastor Katie Matthews and all the rockers who so kindly welcomed us into their spiritual space on this very important night. Our engineers for the recording in the church were Thomas Walsh, Linda Seabright, and me. The church recordings were mixed by Ned Sublet and Michael Jones. I mixed this program with engineer Stephanie LeBeau. Additional engineering by Mike Kaplan and Thomas Walsh. Thanks to Constance Sublet, Mark Bingham, Peter Gordon, Margot Newmark Rosenbaum, and T.G. and Nickel Harrington. And thanks to Dr. Susan Roach, whose student, Annie Statton, in 1993, brought the Easter Rock to her attention and ultimately to ours, and they're still rocking today. Extra special thanks to Dr. Joyce Jackson. We were scheduled to visit the Gullah Geechee Festival over Memorial Day weekend in Beaufort, South Carolina. Unfortunately, Tropical Storm Bonnie had other ideas, but we'll get to Beaufort yet. And we're definitely going back to Georgia. And I hope to see you in Winsboro next year on the Saturday night before Easter. This program was produced by Ned Sublet. Look for his book with Constance Sublet, The American Slave Coast, A History of the Slave Breeding Industry. Visit afropop.org for transcriptions of our Hip Deep interviews. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art. And from PRX affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast, including radio programs and our Planet Afropop series. Looking ahead, set your sights on Camp Afropop. Three days of musical magic featuring Nato Camara, Bakiti Kumalo, Pedrito Martinez, Yakuba Sisoko, Samba Mapangala, and Jake Blunt. Join me and the Afropop team for interactive workshops, jam sessions, and late-night dance parties at the 100-acre Full Moon Resort in the Catskill Hills, May 28 to the 31st, 2024. Visit campafropop.org for details. That's campafropop.org. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Our chief audio engineer is Michael Jones. Banning Air and Savion Biggs edit our website, afropop.org. Our director of development is Mukwe Wabeisi Yolwe. Our director of new media is Savion Biggs. And I'm Georges Collinet.